0: And welcome to Future Shift, the podcast where we understand the world by looking at the new and emerging jobs and industries. Every few weeks, we release a Future Shift episode speaking in depth with one person about a topic. Last week, this was Charlie Grover talking about cybersecurity. These episodes will take a while to produce as we aim to make them more than just a conversation, but a story and exploration of the topic at hand, with a few additional guests to discuss interesting areas and improved sound design. So in between these episodes, we'll be releasing additional content called Future Shorts. These will be shorter than the main episodes and will contain content from the previous conversation that we couldn't quite fit in. And we'll use this as a chance to explore interesting concepts and ideas out in the world. In this episode, Charlie and I briefly discuss blockchain, the complex technology that underpins Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which proves to be the ultimate topic to talk about hype the incredibly human phenomenon of getting far too excited about something, becoming far too pessimistic about something, and eventually reaching a happy medium. We also discuss the hype curve, and how it's based much more on human psychology than we would be led to believe. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the short. Back in 2010, 30th of March, on bitcointalk.org, a forum user decided to conduct an experiment. They wanted to know whether any other forum users would buy 10,000 Bitcoin. So they set up an auction, laid out the instructions and waited for the bids to come in. The instructions stated that on victory of the auction, they would PM the highest bidder and send them 5,000 Bitcoin, wait until the money had been transferred from the buyer and then send the final 5,000. You can't be too careful when dealing with this amount of money. 12 hours after the post, the first bid came in. A brave attempt, but not enough to meet the reserve price laid out in the instructions. Radio silence from other buyers until three days later, April 3rd, when another user raised that bid by 25%. For the sake of the experiment, they added. Still not enough for the seller. Four days later, with no additional bids, the seller posts the following. Auction is over. Since nobody has made the starting bid, the Bitcoins do not change their owner. The reserve price on this auction for 10,000 Bitcoin? 50 US dollars. That's 0.005 dollars per Bitcoin, less than a cent. And remember that when we compare it in a second. The seller, pseudonym Smoke Too Much, replied to the thread two years later saying, 10,000 Bitcoin would be quite a lot of money today. And they were right. By the end of 2012, one Bitcoin was worth $13. That's 2,600 times the price in the forum. And 10,000 Bitcoin would get you 130 grand. Bitcoin is incredibly volatile, but the general trend for the growth in Bitcoin has been astonishing. After a series of peaks and troughs, one Bitcoin was worth around $500 between 2013 and 2016, with several online businesses readily accepting it, such as Steam, the online games marketplace, and Microsoft. Then, unpredictably, reckless optimism paved the way for a bumper 2017 for Bitcoin. The price of one Bitcoin broke $2,000 in May, $3,000 in June, $4,000 in August, and $5,000 in September. A dip from China's Bitcoin crackdown was merely a blip before the price surged upward towards the end of the year. $6,000, $8,000, $10,000, $15,000, $19,000 in December 2017. At this point, 10,000 Bitcoin was worth $190 million US dollars a far cry from the $50 asked for just seven years earlier. Afterwards came the crash and the reality of using Bitcoin as a currency was brought to light. Microsoft paused taking Bitcoin for a while and Steam stopped taking Bitcoin altogether as a currency, citing high fees and volatility. Bitcoin lost 70% of its value in less than two months and ended up at $3,000 in December, 2018 before the price returned to something of its former glory, and has fluctuated between 5 and 10,000 US dollars since then. This growth seems unpredictable, even in hindsight, and the timing and scale of it certainly is, but the general trend is something that's seen across several technologies time and time again. This trend of expectations against time is captured in graphical form by the hype curve, popularized by Gartner, an American research and advisory company. The aim of this curve is to capture the progress of the maturity, adoption, and social impact of a technology over time. And is made up of five distinct stages that technologies move through. First, the innovation trigger and a steep increase in expectations. This stage involves early proof of concept stories that garner media attention and significant publicity, though social impact and commercial viability is usually unproven. Second, the peak of inflated expectations, where expectations reach a maximum and the trend turns from rapid increase to sharp descent. Success stories are accompanied by just as many failures and the reality of the application of this technology comes into focus. Third, the trough of disillusionment, where interest wanes and expectations reach a minimum. Initial implementations fail and many stop trying to develop it altogether. Fourth, the slope of enlightenment, where more instances of how the technology can benefit the enterprise start to crystallize and become more widely understood. Expectations slowly increase, reaching the fifth stage, the plateau of productivity. Expectations reach a healthy medium, applications are better understood, and mainstream adoption takes off. Now, if you thought the language used here was excessive, this wasn't my language. This is the official wording on Gartner's website. Peak of inflated expectations, trough of disillusionment, slope of enlightenment, all use emotional rather than objective language and nail the marketing so well they could pass as draft Harry Potter sequels. But within this buzzword fiesta is a kernel of truth that resonates for a wide range of technologies. And you see it in the use and price of Bitcoin. Rapid growth followed by rapid decline followed by a slower levelling out as people start to understand more and more about the technology. And that is at the core of this concept. People, and our natural struggle to look at things objectively. Marketing leverages this to sell us ideas, and the language used here is a prime example. But people often only see the good in things before overemphasizing the bad as it comes into view, before taking a step back and viewing it as a whole much, much later. Before we move on to the technology behind Bitcoin, a few notes on the hype curve. It is actually called the hype cycle, but it is in no way cyclical other than it repeats with different technologies. So I've renamed it here. Also analysis done on the last 20 years of hype curves show that it doesn't hold up perfectly for most technologies. People are terrible at predictions and highlights just how many technologies are flashes in the pan or subject to huge amounts of hype before fading into an importance. This reaffirms my stance on it that it is not meant to be used for scientific purposes or as the sole basis for business decisions, but as a guide to help you understand how the industry is hyping or under-hyping certain technologies. Links to relevant articles in the episode description. So, while discussing cybersecurity with Charlie, blockchain, the technology underpinning cryptocurrency,
1: came up. Blockchain comes up in lots of this stuff about... um private use of your data and learning on encrypted data or whatever. It just sort of pops up here and there for the most part, because people want to find an application for blockchain that's actually good rather than, cause it's definitely good. <laughs> but it's sort of, it's still technically, technically pretty interesting and kind of quotes unquote sexy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is it what, is it the idea of like people are wielding a hammer and so are like treating everything as a nail?
1: Like they've got blockchain. They're just looking for anything to, to whack with it. Yeah, basically exactly that. There's, like, there's this idea that, oh, we can do this thing on the blockchain. And someone says, how much does that cost? Oh, it costs this very large number. And goes, what are we gaining? Oh, we don't have to trust any of these people. And then you know, the business person goes, that's okay. I value my trust of them at like a tenth of the price you just offered me. Get out.
0: <laughs> blockchain has clearly passed through stage one and two, having been in the public consciousness for years now. It feels like the peak has passed, and based on Charlie's insight that there are few commercial applications for blockchain yet, it seems to be in the stage of over pessimism or the trough of disillusionment. So I asked Charlie to explain what blockchain is and the potential uses that look most promising, inflated expectations or not, at the moment. Okay, so so what so what are the what other uses then for blockchain? I mean I've I've heard it used for like Bitcoin,
1: but what else is there? Yeah, so I I mean cryptocurrency is the big one that people are interested in but basically a blockchain is just a big list of events that you've agreed upon that have happened and they're sort of maintained not by an individual but by the collective and it's sort of tamper proof you can't edit what you've seen on this big chain of events Mm -hmm. so examples are so the one thing people want which they can't make because the math is kind of hard is this thing called a smart contract So let's say you and me make a contract to say, if something happens, I'll give you 20 quid. Mm -hmm. And what we don't want is you to have to tell me, oh, Charlie, this thing's happened. Give me 20 pounds. What we would like is like, thing happens, it triggers something on the blockchain goes, oh, this thing has happened. 20 pounds deducted from Charlie, 20 pounds given to Shaky. And maybe we'll get some notification, but there's no way of me reneging. There's no like, or maybe we have to remember that it's happened. Or we might have to do something after it's happened to make this transaction happen. It just like trigger, bam, done. So that's sort of, that's a real application of blockchain that is actually pretty cool. But it turns out that making it happen is very difficult. I'm more generally like people will try and keep, you know, you could keep all your receipts on a blockchain is sort of a thing that people sort of claim might be a use case. Um, But, it you know, in general, it turns out the sort of scenarios where you want people to keep all the receipts on a blockchain are sort of computationally very expensive. So... Mm. Typically, people don't bother unless their salespeople say, "Oh, do use our cool product."
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, so so like a main use that comes out of what
1: you were saying earlier could be like gambling. Is that a potential use or no? I suppose you could. I've not seen any sort of academic movement towards using this for gambling. But there's, I mean, if you're saying what you want is a smart contract where after the, you know, the football match is finished, everyone gets their payout related to what they've done. This would probably work. So like maybe this is a good example of why you wouldn't use it is that this, this probably would work and it would be better than having a bookmaker in the sense that it's sort of honest and all happens and you don't actually need to go through a sort of, the bookies always you know, have better odds than you. Hmm. Um, and if you do peer-to-peer bookmaking, then they're taking a cut, right? That's how some websites work. But so if you had this, you could do all your betting sort of just on the blockchain somehow But actually, it would be computationally really expensive. You'd have to pay for the service. And so why don't you just use a third-party bookmaker or just bet with a bookie?
0: Okay. So it's a a really expensive
1: solution to what can be done pretty cheaply. Yeah. Like the price you pay for the trust is usually much lower than the price you pay to do things on the blockchain.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'd heard it potentially being used for like supply chain when things have crossed borders, basically stuff going on the blockchain and it being like validated.
1: Yeah, that's true. You could certainly use it to sort of monitor where an object is, right? If once everyone's, you know, once I've dropped off my part of the supply chain at place A, I can say this is now at place A and like we know at what time it was and it's never going to be possible for anyone to change like this record of when this event happened.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's it for blockchain and hype. It would be great to hear your thoughts on where you see different technologies on the curve or any other stories you have that follow this pattern. You can leave your thoughts on the website, jproductcouk forward slash future shift or follow us on Instagram and see additional visual content at future underscore shift. I really enjoyed making this episode and I I really hope you enjoyed it. Next episode will be next week with education, The Foundations, part one of a two-parter really looking forward to that one too. Thank you for listening and speak to you soon. Bye.